Welcome to Jack's Off Podcast. I am Jack Mandeville, and I am once again joined by co-host, producer, co-creator, everything under the sun, Scott Davidson with the fancy setup in the background. <laughs> You've added did you more. see what I did this time? You I told you, more. I'm going to change it every fucking time for you. No matter what you say, I'm always going to have something different back there. It's like Sanford and Son soon. I'm going to have like everything. <laughs> Let's see if I can tell what you add. I know it looks like the Pat Tillman jersey. That's right. You did that on purpose get to our conversation, yeah. so I wanted to make sure I, I offended you. That's a good. It's a if you're going to have any type of um, <laughs> memorabilia in the background, that that's one of the better ones you can have. Yeah, I did that. It'll be different tomorrow. <laughs> uh, we are joined by a special guest in a special work circumstances right now. He's literally working in a tractor. <laughs> MMA, Bellator fighter, uh, UFC Army fighter. veteran, yeah, former All-American, <laughs> Tim Johnson. Hey, how's it going, guys? Uh, lucky for you, uh, I got auto steer, so all I got to do is turn around and click a button, and it does everything for me. Um, we are <laughs> I want to jump right into this. Yeah, um, so I, first off, Tim, I don't know the first thing about farming. So are you able to multi? Are you able to talk and pick up grain or whatever you're picking up at the same time? Um, yeah, right now I'm just uh, I'm spreading uh, dry fertilizer down before planting. Um, so I'm working for a cooperative, and yeah, sun up, sun down. We're running around getting getting uh, getting stuff spread. I, I, I guess so. This I, I guess the best way to jump into the conversation is. Uh, well, I, I just want to tell a story. The first time I um, virtually met Tim was I worked for a company um, uh, that made uh, MMA shirts and we did a lot of stuff. And uh, Tim was uh, literally, it was the night of his uh, first UFC fight and he had just weighed in and he wore one of our t-shirts to his weigh-in and he yeah. sent a, a picture of it. And I was like, holy shit, that's awesome. So of course <laughs> uh, we tried to rally. We, you know, we had like, hundreds of thousands of Facebook and Instagram followers. And uh, so we tried to rally everybody around, you know, this guy uh, in, his, in his first UFC fight, which you not only won, but you got knocked out of the, of, of the night, right? Yep, I got, a perform I got a performance bonus that night. Um, and yeah, the, you know, just kind of things worked out. That shirt was actually uh, the one of the shirts that you guys were handing out at the, when I was still in the military, at the, I got it at the All Army Combatives Tournament. You guys were handing them out. So it was a it was a participant shirt, <laughs> <laughs> and and, and uh, that was that first fight of yours too was your first time of many times fighting Russians. I love pitting you up against Russians. Yeah, Russians and just basically Eastern Europeans in general. I mean, I fought. Uh, let me see. Yeah, so in all my fights, I mean, I fought three or four Russians, a guy from Poland. I fought, uh, you know, actually two guys from Poland. Never mind. So yeah, they. Uh, I don't know what it is. I think they try doing like a old cold, cold war thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, but you know, sometimes it works out. Sometimes it don't. <laughs> Basically anyone whose last name ends in Ov or Vich, right? Yeah, pretty much. All right. Well, this time, see, right now I'm, I'm refilling right now. So I'm going to have to take us outside of the cab and we'll continue out there. This is awesome. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't have to do anything. I don't have. I think I feel like this is this show is gonna basically be itself. We don't have to. He looks like he's questions. back on a convoy. Like he's back on a <laughs> There we go. We're filling up with some more, uh, <laughs> more fertilizer here. 
And, and for people who don't know, so Tim, we'll, we'll actually, we'll, we'll uh, move the story along. Tim and I ended up becoming good friends. I've, uh, he's come and hung out with me in my neck of the woods a couple times. I've come to his neck of the woods a couple times and hung out. And one of the times I went up, I went up, I went up to fart. Howdy, how you doing? <laughs> yeah, well, I'm doing a, I'm doing a podcast right now. <laughs> Is it, oh, where, where are you, Laverne? Uh, nope, I'm over uh, right now. I'm I'm kind of north of Springfield, Minnesota. Okay, I, I I grew up my entire life in Minnesota. I don't even know where Springfield, Minnesota is. That's one of the bigger towns around the area, Jack. Come on. <laughs> can, can you give us a certain region? Uh, southwestern. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, because if it's by Laverne, if he's north of Laverne, it's right on that corner. So yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean Laverne, pretty much. I mean, you can count Laverne as South Dakota. Yeah, that's true. It is. Right? <laughs> you can walk across the Sioux Falls, basically. Yep, yep. <laughs> so one of the last times I saw Tim in his neck of the woods, I went up to Fargo, North Dakota. He just gotten done with training, so he comes back. He, I, I, I was just getting to his place. He throws a dip in, and the first thing he does is he sits down. And he plays Farm Simulator on PlayStation. <laughs> so he's, I watched him for an hour just, just move grain, just like he's doing right now. I mean, I, it's, pretty, it's more exciting than it sounds. I mean, <laughs> you drive a tractor around, you combine, you pick it up, and then you, you, know, you put it in a, in a bin. I mean, it's pretty entertaining. Yeah, I, I didn't believe Jack actually when he first told me. I had to Google it. I'm like, I got to see if this exists, and it did. And there was like multiple versions of it too. It wasn't like oh, I know. it was I one, know, one I know. that was a bunch. Yeah, I I even got the expansion pack so I could get the dice tractors. <laughs> <laughs> so let's Tim. On that note, let's go into your background. I think people have already figured out you're a farmer, but you're not only a, you're not only currently farming. You've been doing this your entire life. Yeah, I, mean, uh, I grew up on a hog farm. Um, so, like the old school hog farms where we, we actually farrow to finish and we bred them, raise them, and send them off uh, without, you know, no factory farming type stuff. Um, so, yeah, I was always like, that's the way I grew up. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that's kind of a lot of hard work. It, nothing was, uh, was uh, automated. So, a lot of the, the feed them was carrying, you know, five gallon pails of feed across the yard to go feed them. <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, what, what part of Minnesota were you in? I'm assuming southern. You were in southern Minnesota. Yeah, southwestern. Yeah, southwestern part of the state. Um, uh, Middle Lamberton, nowhere. Yeah, Lamberton, Minnesota. <laughs> so did and, you start, did you start wrestling young? I mean, I would assume because it's Minnesota. How old were you when yeah, you started wrestling? Uh, I was. In, I think it was like four or five years old when I started wrestling. Yeah, it's just you know the southern part of Minnesota is pretty pretty big on the wrestling. <laughs> yeah. That's what you do down there. Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, you got such a everything that produces out of those states are pretty significant individuals that, that come out and wrestle. So I figured you yeah. start like at that mat rat type age where you were four or five. So. Yeah, you know, uh, and then it was uh, you know seventh grade when you got to make a decision and all your friends go play basketball and everyone's like, oh, that's the reason why half the kids quit wrestling to go play basketball because all their friends did it. Um, so, well, and it's, and it's hard to convince young children to to cut weight. Yeah, well, I mean, I probably should have been cutting weight. Like my seventh grade year, I was like five foot four at one hundred seventy pounds. Yeah, <laughs> like if I rolled, if I got pushed down a hill, I wouldn't be able to stop myself from rolling. So when did you grow? Oh, uh, 
probably about ninth grade is when I stretched out sophomore year. Like I wrestled 171 for um, seventh grade, eighth grade, ninth grade, tenth grade. <laughs> but I grew a foot. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, the, the people see you now. Jesus. <laughs> did, you, yeah. did you play? I mean, you're a big guy. Did you play any other sports other than wrestling? Um, actually, yeah, I was. Uh, I went. I, I just wrestled. The wrestle it was fun. I went to college to play football. Football was my main sport. Um, and yeah, uh, being from a small town, you're a two-way. I mean, you don't take a foot off the off the football field. So I was the middle. I played linebacker and a running back. Really? So yeah. uh, you were a running back? Yep. Yeah, um, fullback probably eighty percent of the time, but they would put me to tailback. Uh, you know, a handful of times as well. Jeez. And you were you were playing those those small town where you like a one A two A nine man <laughs> school. One A one A. My school is now nine man. <laughs> so but for a lot played, of, but when I played it was uh it was single A. For a lot of people don't know this too. I'm sure this is the case in other states, but I, you know I've never heard of this in Texas. Maybe it's the case, but uh, in <laughs> Minnesota there are some schools that are so small that they can only support nine-man squads. So they, yep. they play nine-man football. Yep, actually in uh, South Dakota, I think they even have seven-man football. Oh my God, really? Don't quote me, me, but I'm pretty sure they have, they have some, they have a seven-man division. So, and then these kids, they play, they, and typically they play both sides. And I'm sure coming oh, yeah. from a 1A school, you played both sides. Yeah, no, you never, um, you know, kick return, punt return, vice versa, all of it. Like, yeah, I never, never got off the, <laughs> off the field. Um, so I guess I mean, I had to be in pretty good shape. <laughs> I get, you know, and I, it's it's easier to convince sixteen to eighteen year olds to do that because they are typically they have a lot of better cardio shape than. Yeah, uh, no, exactly. running back, Jack. Could you imagine him coming out the sides of him coming out the backfield trying to stop him? Like that's what I'm trying to think about. That's like when Refrigerator Perry ran for the touchdown in the Super Bowl. <laughs> I mean, that, well, <laughs> well, my favorite player was always Mike Alsot. He was a runner. He he was a pounder. He was. Yeah. You, you would have. God damn. I mean, I just can't imagine. How big were you in college? Um, high school, I was about two twenty-five, two thirty. Then college. I've definitely, I definitely put on by uh, the summer before my college year. I probably put on 15, 20 pounds of not muscle. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> so that was, kind of, that was kind of the beginning of the end for me because I went in um, uh, as I, I got recruited as a linebacker and when I got to school. Uh, they said I was too big, <laughs> so they moved me to D line and I absolutely sucked at D line. And so football wasn't fun anymore. So that's so that's the next question is so obviously uh, and I didn't know this you went to school or you went to college originally uh, to play football. Yeah. Um, when did you start wrestling in college? Because that's where you found real success, obviously. Um, I started wrestling. All right, hold on, hold on one second here. Just gotta concentrate. Oh, got it. This is great, Mike. Tim. All right. No, 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 I can get going. You're back in the rig and you're, he's, you're going for another go around. All right. Now we're back. This is great. Okay. <laughs> um, no, uh, college, because I went to a Juco first. Okay. So, yep, I started. So, right after school, I went to Juco. Um, and 
uh, the wrestling coach, you know, do you go a lot of, a lot of coaches double dip? Like you'll have a, whoa. So until Tim's feed come back, uh, until Tim's feed comes back, uh, we're just gonna say whoa. I hope it's like an accident. <laughs> I hope I don't know if there's water next to him. I don't understand how a tractor works. I'm from the suburbs. I'm from, <laughs> I'm from uh, the normal part of Minnesota, or I can't, or America, I guess you can say. Don't play farm sim apparently. You need to brush up. <laughs> we definitely just lost Tim. <laughs> I'll this is this is what I know from Tim. Okay, and so just so we can jump ahead here, uh, okay. Tim was a two-time All-American at uh, University of uh, Minnesota in Moorhead. So he went up north there to play football close to Fargo. I can't believe he came in. He'll come back here. We'll, we'll, we'll get him back in. I can't believe he um if I played football, went to college on that. That to me was the most shocking thing. Knowing him that long, I didn't realize that at all. He obviously, yeah, he has the, you can tell by his size that it's not surprising, but yeah, he, he uh, I had no idea that uh, that's where he originated at. Come out, was he said he played fullback. And Scott, you come from, but you come from a wrestling background, like you, uh, you did, uh, did you do collegiate wrestling? But I did, I wrestled my whole life since I was, uh, I was about five. So, I mean, that's why I said I know coming out of that, that young, I was, on the national, I was on the national team in high school for freestyle and Greco. In, um, in, in, Jer in Jersey there. Yeah, I wrestled for Team New Jersey. And, um, yeah, it was, it was just – I love the sport. So, that's why I can respect him as an All-American. I mean, it's just not – I don't care, especially University of Minnesota, which is D1, right? So, I mean, he was a D1 All-American. is pretty impressive. So, let me ask you this, because I don't know that much about collegiate wrestling. Obviously, like, people who are into it who are into it. Um, uh, like the Midwest, like obviously the University of Minnesota, University of Iowa, they're very well known for their wrestling programs. But are schools around there in general just pumping out great wrestlers? It's I would say it's all you know. Interesting enough, it's all there, there's actually hot spots. So he's got some places there, but like the big, I, this is my opinion, right? I've wrestled and watched for all these years. Actually, it's it's statistics. It's not even in my in my opinion. If you look at like when they when but the NCAA does. Like when you had the Division One championships, they actually take the breakdown of where did everybody come from, the people who make it to the finals, and it's there's the disparity, right? Because there's an over there's an overarching amount of people. It's Pennsylvania, California, New Jersey, um, and then I think it's Arizona might be the top four, and then you start to trickle down. But like there's such a huge, there's such a wide disparity though when you start to look at how that is. Now you're always gonna have like Iowa's and things like that. Tim's coming back into the room. Uh, here, give me a second. But yeah, absolutely. What's interesting is that there's always like, it's the most people coming in from one of the spots. It's going to be um, it's usually from those four states. It's because they have robust programs. There he is. We thought you got to an accident. Uh, did he fall off again? Hold on. <laughs> there he is. Yeah, there, guys. <laughs> hey, Tim. We were, we were just going over the basics of collegiate wrestling while you were gone. Yeah. Oh, and this guy to hook on my Bluetooth. I dropped my phone, and then it shut off, obviously, because I hit really hard. <laughs> Absolutely smurfing lootly. And so, so while he's doing that, Scott, uh, would you say that, like, a, a University of Minnesota or in Iowa, are they, like, the Alabama of collegiate wrestling, what Alabama is to football? Yeah, the Big Ten is, 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 the, is the king up there. Um, so and where'd you, where, where'd you wrestle at? 
me, actually, I was a D3 garbage. At yeah. North State. So I wasn't D1 like him. He was a, he was a gopher. Is that where you were, Tim? No, he, he went to the University of Minnesota in Moorhead. What's the difference? Uh, there's a few there's a few satellite schools in in Minnesota. Yeah, isn't so. that the same thing? Isn't Gophers Minnesota though, or am I thinking of the? the that's the University of Minnesota, but they're the Twin Cities campus. Yeah, but it's still the same. Isn't it on the same university system, or I'm just debating? It's the same system, but different schools. So he uh, he wrestled at Moorhead. Which is right, up? It's closer to North Dakota. There, it's right on the border of North Dakota. So, so, but it's not like so. There's three. There's two different teams. Yes. Yeah. Sure. They have the University oh, of Minnesota Division Duluth. Yeah. yeah. So, so do you? Are you like if the Gophers needed somebody like at the the Big Ten up there, they would call you up? No, no, but no. It's a, it's a, um, um, Minnesota State is different than the university. Okay. Oh, I thought so, you went to the University of Minnesota in Moorhead. No, I went to Minnesota State, Moorhead, and then there's Minnesota State, Mankato, and oh. Minnesota State. Yeah, I think that might be it. Well, um, I'm, but don't forget about the Minnesota State that Hayden Fox coached. Well, yeah. but you also remember that Minnesota is where Brock Lesnar wrestled. That's the reason why everybody knows who the Gopher is. So he was a he was a Minnesota. Gopher. Yes. Yeah, yeah, but he's he's from uh, Webster, South Dakota originally. Yeah. Okay, so Tim, uh, you did the JUCO thing, and then you went to the you went to Minnesota State in Moorhead, and you started wrestling there. I'm assuming you were a heavyweight. Yep, yep. I wrestled heavyweight in college. Um, I actually took a two year hiatus after JUCO before I went up to uh, Minnesota State. So um, when I got done with JUCOs, when I actually uh, joined the National Guard, went to basic. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, this is all coming together. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then um, let's just say my grades weren't very good at JUCO because I concentrated more on the, the 12-ounce weights in the actual weight room. And, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, so, uh, you know, I got a – luckily, you know, I was older, so there's a lot, of, a lot of universities. If you, like, don't take an SAT or ACT or – have good grades in high school. A lot of universities, if you apply when you're like in your early 20s, they'll waive that and just put you on like academic probation your first semester. And basically, if you do well your first semester, you're good to go. And did you do well? I did. I actually made the dean's list. <laughs> oh wow! So, uh, by the time you went, by the time you went from junior college to uh, uh, a four-year university, you had found your motivation. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And um, do you think the army helped with that? Yeah, um, you know, like, uh, after I was done, after I quit going to school at JUCO, and I was just freaking, you know, working road construction and shit, and, yeah, I just kind of, I don't know, I was burned out, I was bored, I was like, God, there's got to be something, I gotta, I'm, not, I'm not ready to start life like this already. <laughs> like, yeah. I, just wanted, I just wanted to go experience shit more, I guess, I don't know. So then, that's the thing, so give me the timeline, because I know... Um, I know, obviously, when you were part of the Minnesota National Guard, you deployed. Was that after you finished your academic career? And if so, tell us just briefly about a little bit about your academic uh, competing career. Like, you did two years at Minnesota State. You were a two-time All-American. Is that correct? Uh, One-time All-American at JUCO. I made the national both years uh, and uh, went one and two. I was, always one, I was always one round away from placing. Gotcha. Yeah. All right, so... 
I was always close, but I was a I was a bridesmaid, never a bride. Yeah, but it helped you for you. I mean, especially for to set up your fighting base, it's perfect, right? I mean, you had the best base out there. You had wrestling. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and that's you know, like, um, like that's I fell into fighting because of because of wrestling. Um, <laughs> like, uh, there was a couple area guys. Like, if we're gonna, I'll just I'll skip ahead here. Sorry, Jack. But but You're what fine. got me into fighting uh, was. Uh, a couple area heavyweights, because heavyweights are hard to come by, you know. We're big bodies, and um, once you know there's a heavyweight to train with, you try to recruit them. And so there was a couple heavyweights in the area who were doing MMA, and I just got done wrestling. And they were like, hey, you can come in and train with us. Uh, we don't, you don't have to do any fighting or stuff. We just want a, a guy to wrestle around with. And actually, after training, after rolling with them, we're like, Six weeks. I took my first professional fight. <laughs> really? So you you pretty much took your for one of your your, your first professional fight like right out of college then. Yeah, pretty much. Um, okay, so that was going to be my next question: Is did you did you go overseas first? Because I or did you did you take or did you started fighting professionally first? So you, um, how long? I had, two, I had two fights before I deployed. That's okay. So you yep. fought twice before you went overseas, and obviously that put a big dent or break in your fight, your uh, aspiring yeah. fighting career. Now, yeah, early on, did you? Did. Early on, did you? Were you taking MMA very seriously? Were you looking at it as a long-term thing, or it was just something to do? <laughs> Definitely, was just something to do. <laughs> really, you um, just want you, you liked competing. Yeah, exactly. Um, that's kind of what got me into. It. After I got done wrestling. Um, like, I guess, you know, competitive spirit doesn't die. Like, I was just looking for something else to compete in. Um, and, no, I definitely did not. My first UFC fight, I still didn't know how to throw a proper punch. <laughs> Which like, is you know, ironic because you beat the shit out of the guy with your fist. When, well, after I took him down on my feet, I was getting absolutely murdered. <laughs> but, um, no, he, uh, like, I'm going to try to say... Prior to my UFC fight, I was only been actually training the right way for about a year. I got, I had all kinds of these fights, but I wasn't actually training the right way. So, and that's the thing is, um, and we'll get into this because you went from like these lower level regional MMA leagues to the UFC like that. Like there was no working your way up into more notable leagues or you went from like small dinky fricking uh high school gym fights to you know you were fighting <laughs> you know in the biggest uh fight league in, in in the world yeah no but definitely uh i definitely took that jump up that's for dang sure um but so let's talk about, go ahead um but like uh, the fights in fargo that i always did um those last those last couple um like three four fights they did a good job of getting people in who were notable notable fighters for me to kind of kind of not pad my record, but make my record look better if I won. Interesting. So, so this was obviously after, or the, you were still in the Minnesota National Guard during all this. So, let's give me a timeline. Like, you did two professional fights, and then you got activated, and you went overseas for, to Iraq. Yep, yep. And uh, so we were deployed in the 2011. Yeah, we got deployed in 2011. Got back 2012. We were. Uh, we did the draw. We did the pullout. We did the drawdown. 
Um, so like a bunch of the Red Bulls were, you know, last boots on ground. I mean, not technically, but I mean, <laughs> all the yeah. combat operations, I guess. Well, you guys, you guys had the worst. I mean, people don't remember except for ones that lived it, but Minnesota National Guard, the Red Bulls, they had the absolute, probably the worst tour on the history in the war. 2007. August. Yeah, 2000. Yeah. Well, yep. It was a total time. It was insane. I remember we were, we were there. They, when were, the they were in country 18 months, but they didn't see their family for 22. There you go. Almost they, were going away for, they were away from home for 22 months. And they were, leave, they were leaving, too. They were coming back, right? And then they got hit yep. on the scourge, and they stopped yep. them and said, you got to go back. Like, they, they were literally, like, yep. they were like a month. They were a month away from their, you know, going home, and then they got, they got extended. Because back then, that's when they, we had our train-ups. The train-ups were six months long. So you were yep. gone to train-up for six months, and then, you know, your nine-month or whatever deployment, then they got extended another – whatever the heck it was. But, yeah, that was uh, – there was a lot of – let's just say our retention rate wasn't very good after that one. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you did your deployment. Obviously, that's not a place where you're getting the nutrition you need. That's not a place where you're getting the training you need. That your, your body's probably withering away and everything while you're out there. So um, – and, and by, by the way, before we even go in, what, what did you do in the Army? Uh, combat engineer. Combat engineer. So, like, you're yeah. in the field. You're having to move. You're having to carry a lot of equipment with you. I would yeah, imagine. Okay. Other than, I mean, if that would be if we had actually done our job, then, yeah, probably. <laughs> but, you know, as the, the deployments from the years move on, it was more bodies and more bodies in vehicles just to get, you know, quit and move. Yeah. Gotcha. So we did a lot of, like, half our unit got to do our actual job, which, you know, was, uh, yeah, route clearance, about half our unit did. Another half got to go out and do good old convoy security. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. And which one were you on? I was on the convoy security. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Well, you were there, and the th thing is that you, signed, you, you did, uh, relatively did what you signed up to do. A lot of people don't have the opportunity to, to deploy. So, and yeah. the, the thing, so you get off that deployment, do you jump right back into fighting again? Did you take a hiatus? What was the timeline? Um, I pretty much got, you know, took a couple months off when I got back, but then kind of got that itch to really get going on it. And I had a couple, you, I think I want to say I had like two tune-up fights, just kind of, kind of lower tier uh, opponents. And then, you know, stuff, stuff started clicking a little bit for me. And he's actually a teammate and a friend of mine now. But he's regionally one of the better known heavyweights around. And they offered that fight to me. And he's actually a reason I started training the right way. Because I didn't want to go out there and look stupid and get knocked out by, if I fight, if I, uh, by fighting him. Mm -hmm. So, that, so that, do you think that's the turning point when you really started taking, not that you weren't taking it seriously before, but you started looking at it in a professional manner? Oh, absolutely. Um, with ease, I would say that. So what's this, 2012, 2013? Yeah, 13, 14 is when I really turned the corner. And then that's shortly before the time you got your, your, your call up to the UFC. So how many fights did you yep. do before you were called up to the UFC from the time you came back from deployment to, uh, to your first UFC fight? Um, deployment to the first UFC fight was, I think, six fights. And then okay. the, year, the year prior to signing with the UFC – I think I rattled off four wins in like 10 months or something like that. Against notable fighters. Yep, yep. So, so, 
what was that process like, Tim, when they called you? I mean, you had to have some euphoria, but what was, how did it all, how did it all happen? Like from, <laughs> from you getting that call, what happened there? Well, ironically, that call happened while I was working, driving trucks. <laughs> no kidding. That yeah. sounds about so, right. Yeah. yeah, so I was driving truck across North Dakota, and uh, my agent uh, called me and was like, hey, Tim, uh, how would you like to be in the USC? And I was like, uh, I thought he was, I thought he was like saying like, hey, you got to do this fight and you'll be in the UFC. But no, um, he kind of surprised me. He got a four-fight contract right off the get-go. And, <laughs> wow. and yeah, I was like, hell yeah, let's make this happen. And then there was a little bit of a layoff, like, because I signed with UFC and I want to say October, November. I didn't fight for him until like April. So there was a lot of, there was a lot of kind of wait, sit and wait. <laughs> But once you got your first fight, uh, you had to be ecstatic. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it was actually, it was definitely an outer body of like going, I'm not, you know, I'm usually, when I do interviews and shit like this, I'm usually pretty honest about what, where my mindset is. A lot of people try to act all badass stuff. Now, I was going, God, am I good enough to be here? Is this like, did they, they mess up signing me? What the hell? Because, you know, at the time, I'm still going, I don't know how to throw a freaking the proper jab yet. I'm fighting in the UFC. <laughs> so that's the thing. So, you know, we, like we mentioned earlier, you won that first fight, and not only did you win, you got performance of the night. So did that give you, did that boost up your confidence, or did that answer your question for you? Like, I am good enough to be here? No, I think I knew that. I was like, God damn it, that, that was an accident. <laughs> really? But, and you were the underdog. You, you've been the underdog in a lot of your fights, and you're certainly the I think underdog the majority, in that fight. Yeah, the majority of my fights, I was always the underdog, and not by a little bit. Usually, I was always a two-to-one underdog in pretty much all of them. Really? So, that, that, and that didn't resonate with you at all, that you would just beat this guy that was obviously much more touted and... and uh, not, I don't know, not respected, but he, he had definitely um, uh, had the advantage on paper. Yeah, on paper. Um, and nope, I guess that just kind of was, I'm like, all right, uh, the second fight didn't go my way. By third fight, I was like, all right, I'm here. I'm going to fucking make it happen. Uh, but yeah, it took a little while to get my, get my mind adjusted and right about the situation I was in. You know, um, I don't think I don't think I'm maybe alone in that, but you know, uh, a lot of a lot of fighters are more more super type A personalities, very arrogant, very cocky, very no one can touch them. And I'm always a realist, and I'm like anything can always happen in a fight. You're you're not in, you're not the toughest man in the world. You can win or you can lose. Shit happens, but go out there and give it you know your best shot. What song did you walk out to? Um, my my theme in the UFC, every UFC fight I walked out to money for nothing. Oh, really? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> what was that moment like for you, though? Just that walkout. I mean, I can't imagine walking into even wherever it was just to walk out, hear the music, and going back. And what was that like? I mean, it was... Oh, um, man, even on the regional level, that that, uh, that intro would get me going. <laughs> and... Uh, yeah, no, I had goosebumps the second the second that uh, the guitar started coming in. Yeah, why dire is, is it, it? Why dire straits? Is that you just happen to like that song? You like that band? Why um, money for nothing? I've always I've always uh, liked that song. I've been listening to that song. I mean, my dad introduced me to that song when I was a kid, 
And yeah, I don't know. Just always, I just always like that intro, man. <laughs> it's it's a good song, especially when it hits that guitar riff. It's all quiet too when he's coming in. That's pretty awesome. It's a good yeah, start. Uh, I like that. Yeah, the drums, the nice drums too. The the slow drums that pick up and then the freaking the guitar riff. So you, you were you got um you got into a main event by your third fight is that, is that correct uh not main event uh feature uh so it was running underneath the co-main event no that's i'm sorry uh and, yeah but you you were you were in the one of the feature fights by your your second or third fight right yeah, my second fight i was on the main card uh, i fought jared rosehold not the main event the main card that's what you were on yeah. that's right that was a good fight uh, too uh, jared rosehold he was a good fighter at the yeah, time he was being he really touted Yep, nope, it was, uh, should have changed up my tactics when I fought Jared, that's for sure. Uh, I waited till the third round to start throwing my hands, and uh, unfortunately, if I would have done that a little sooner, I think it probably would have went my way. Was that, what do you think that was? And, you know, obviously, like, this is a, can be a sensitive question. Do you think it was a coaching thing? Was it a you thing? Was it a training thing? Was it a, um, just you weren't freaking firing on the cylinders you needed to be that night kind of thing? Um, I think it was probably more or less a me thing. Um, didn't, uh, I, was, I was stubborn in the fact that I didn't, everyone was talking about his wrestling, and I'm like, well, I can wrestle too, so I'm going to try wrestling him. And, you know, definitely could have done that. Yeah, <laughs> he, was a, he was a good, he was a great, he was not to say he weren't, but he was an outstanding wrestler. <laughs> yeah, um, actually, I will, I will point out, though, in that fight, I had more takedowns against him than he had against me. Well, you do well against wrestlers, right? I mean, you, you've actually fought Olympic-level wrestlers and yeah, beat them. Yeah, yeah um, you know, uh, probably probably wrestler, you know, who was most notable with my last fight in uh, uh, Tyrell Fortune. And, 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 and that's the, uh, the funny thing is he – he tried to he tried to stand up with you. I don't know if it was because of pride, but he didn't focus on what he was an expert at, and yeah. so. <laughs> no, and um, and he doesn't really in a lot of his fights. And I I'm not saying get the is able to get away with it, but um, I don't think it, anyone he's boxed was anyone he fought was more as willing as I was to stand in front of him and 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 box him because I I knew that I had better I. I'm like, I think I got better striking than he does at this point in his career. So I'm like, I'm going to go out there, and if he starts wrestling me, then that means I, uh, then it's working. <laughs> right. And you, this is, I would imagine this is one of those situations where your experience uh, outweighed his youth and motivation. Yep. I would like to, I'd like to think so. <laughs> he crumbled, so, uh, dude. You walked him off. That was the best knockout. I mean, he crumbled. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, that was the first time I've ever done that to anyone. It was kind of like, oh crap, this is this is a, this is a fun feeling. I should try doing this more often. <laughs> <laughs> I would I would imagine that's what every fighter says, right? Like, oh, I got to do that more often. I just got to get a clean shot on that chin. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I don't think that's uh, too much to ask, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot easier in the video games than it is uh, than it is uh, in real life. Uh, I know because I've been. I'm like a multiple time. Uh, MMA champion on the on the UFC on the UFC game. <laughs> well, you probably it's because you you know the game inside and out. Not not the game itself, the fight game. You know inside and out. So obviously you, that's why you're the champ. I know the video game inside out, inside <laughs> out. Yeah, absolutely. 
So obviously, so you, you, you did um, how many fights in the UFC? Six, five or six fights? Uh, I had seven fights total. Seven fights. Wow. Seven fights total in the UFC, and then you signed a big contract with Bellator. Yep, yep, that I did. Seven fights. Uh, so I went four and three in the UFC, and then I signed a, I signed a four-fight contract with Bellator two years ago, um, and it was uh, four fighters, or uh, 18 months, but so I had 18 months ran out. I got three fights in. Um, so technically right now I'm a free agent. I'm not under contract with anybody. So, so let me ask you this. This is a rough time for a lot of athletes. Obviously, uh, the, con the con contract structure of MMA is different than it is in uh, a league like football. But I, I would imagine there's a lot of athletes because one year can make a huge difference because age, you know, youth is everything in athletics. Um, yeah. are you, do, do you have, because, you know, obviously every single sport right now is having to take a hiatus. Are, is there worry there with you about you know the time's ticking you don't have that much time left you know you have to strike now um yeah that's a good cross my mind not so much being worried about it but being cognitive of it um you know coming off uh, this last win and i had a really good fight um you have momentum last, yeah and you know my this, this whole camp i finally from start to finish doing everything right you know my weight taking my eating habits I think I dropped a couple of percent of body fat this time. I was even a little trimmer than I've ever been in any other of my fights. And I, you know, I was looking to build on that still. I was like, I even want to get more lean because now I'm getting older, so I have to try to manipulate my athletic ability because no matter how much any athlete doesn't want to admit it, as you get old, your athletic ability goes down. <laughs> yeah, and, and you don't have uh... – uh, you don't have Conor McGregor money to be training at your house every day. Right. Like, no. like <laughs> gyms are closed, and that obviously is going to impact your ability to train. Yes, and that's why I was out chopping wood yesterday. <laughs> you were doing it Rocky wow. style. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Rocky <laughs> floor. It's great. <laughs> Just so, doing it yeah, the old, no, I mean, the brute way. I mean, I, for me, it's going, okay, well, hopefully I can get a fight in before my next birthday. <laughs> but for a lot of these guys that are in those late 30s, around that 40, I mean, that's going to be a tough year for them, that's for sure. You know, I, and I, I hate to sidetrack here. I was just thinking about that. You know, for uh, I, don't, I don't know if you pay attention to base, <laughs> baseball, but, like, a guy like Albert Pujols, who is kind of on he, – he's old, but he's on the yeah. cusp of breaking major records yeah. in the Major League Baseball. But this one season can pretty much ruin that for him. Oh, yeah, I know. Um, it's yeah, not even about the money. He's got the money. He's set for life. But it's like oh, yeah. Yeah, he's, career he's achievements are now sacrificed. Yeah, no, he's – you know, he, and those are like those – that timeline where you need that that final year of your of your professional career that gets people over the hump you know <laughs> like look at Pey what if this happened to Peyton Manning he would have had half of his accolades right you know yeah there would have been uh more questions and there would have been probably slightly more criticism towards his career had he not gotten that last victory yep no absolutely yeah, you can say the same thing about Ovechkin right now, too. I mean, we just talked about that, Jack. You and I, yeah. He's got yeah. screwed. I mean, he, he, yeah, I mean, he's got his 700. He was on his way to 800, right? But yep. he can't, he's, he's not a young guy anymore. You, you're knocking out a season. He can't force that. Yeah, yeah, he can't make up for lost time. If not you're, if, 
if you're uh, if you're getting drafted, if you're Joe Burrows and, and you miss a season of football, it's not going to impact how uh, <laughs> the the path that you're going to pave. The, no, I agree. It's just it's unfortunate at the end that it's gonna it's gonna affect, like you said, people at that age. That's a that's a significant issue. Yeah. And I don't like we talked about with the NCAA though, screwing the kids out of their their oh their, man their time. Yeah, right? eligible. Yeah, that one. That one I I saw that and I'm like well, that's some that's some bullshit for the winter sport athletes. Yeah, that's like, a travesty. Look at all the wrestlers, Tim. They all got I mean those guys that got no shot. They would have NCAA's the weekend before they were gonna go. Yeah, I know. Get, I had, I had tickets. You had <laughs> tickets? Oh, yeah. see, I figured you did. Especially it was up there yeah. in Minnesota. <laughs> yep, yeah, right in my backyard. I was like, I'm going to I'm going to D ones at the US Bank Stadium. That would have been awesome. It's a, it's a show, too. But, yeah, but those kids, I mean, that's it. Like, and you have, like, actual significant guys that are probably going to make the Olympic team, but they were robbed of that NCAA championship. In some yep. cases, there was their only chance that they had. But NCAA and, you know, said, good luck. There's some, you know, there's uh, some sports that can, can definitely uh, can compare to it. But, like, I try to explain it to people. I'm like, there's nothing for – for most wrestlers, even before, like, especially before MMA came around and really exploded, I mean, that's it. That's your, that's your professional championship is going to nationals. There's nothing more after that. It's true. It's a, it's a shame. Yeah, I was just shocked to see that. And then when they said no eligibility after that, that was actually, I don't even understand. But, all right, you know. We could do five hours on how effed up the NCAA is. <laughs> the most unethical organization on the face yeah. of the earth, yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. Uh, uh, how's that going with like the the football players and they're gonna be able to like get money and stuff? What's the for that? I, yeah, that's uh I think a couple states allow uh, college kids the next the following year to uh receive money. They should. I'm yeah, yeah. I'm not familiar with that. I mean that yeah, would make no. sense. That'd be the logical thing. Well, I, so, I think, uh, just think of how many, you know, the best football game there ever was was NCAA football. That's very true. And then that goddamn Ed O'Banion ruined that. <laughs> um, so, hey, so, Tim, going back to, to your story, um, obviously, um, we're talking about, like, you know, from the t- time you, you had your first major league MMA fight to your last major league MMA, MMA fight, which was a couple months ago, um, but you and I have talked about on a personal level, fighting is, um, obviously it's something you love. You love to compete, but it, it's a, it's a means to an end because your real passion is what you're literally doing right now. You love farming. You play farming video games. <laughs> yeah. I love being back. I love being back home. I'm not, I'm definitely, uh, I'm not per se a city person, but with that said, um, you know, who knows, you never know what path take who know if I uh there's no guarantee that I'm gonna come back or you know come back to Lamberton come back to Minnesota and do this the rest of my life um you know I still got a handful of years and I guess I could call it the entertainment industry and who knows who I'm gonna run into or what what kind of offer I'm gonna have I always keep myself open to something some new adventure I guess (laughs) Mm -hmm. well I'll tell you one thing there's no shortage of big guy roles in Los Angeles for ex-athletes. If you, if you have somewhat acting job, I'm telling you, man, I've been wanting to get you involved with my friends at Bet TV, Tim. I know, if I you, know. Like, hey, I know. I've been, I've been working on my acting thing. 
I try to memorize like three words at night and remember in the morning, and I always screw it up. <laughs> he just hey, you, like the menacing guy in the corner. Yeah, like, and hey, <laughs> Tim, it's like any job. It's like fighting. It's just you have to uh, you have to build yourself up. So we're, we're just yep. we're, we'll take you step by step into the acting world. Exactly. I mean, I think I'm a pretty good actor. Um, I mean, I act happy all the time, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of speaking of being happy, uh, you, personal news: you're getting you're getting you're, you're getting married this summer. Yep, getting hit this summer. Hopefully, fingers crossed. <laughs> and, uh, you, yeah. <laughs> you've been with your fiance for quite a few years now, right? Yep. Uh, past uh, just about three years ago, a little bit ago, actually, it's her birthday tomorrow. I'm gonna, well, I'll, I'll make sure I wish her a happy birthday. Yes. Um, she'll, she'll take a – you still got any banana hammock laying around? Because she will take a banana hammock pick from you any day. <laughs> <laughs> I'll find one. I'll find one. Yeah, she'll appreciate it. <laughs> Je, uh, his, his fiance Jess, and him, uh, they actually um, – not, not his last fight, but the fight before – they uh, swung into San Antonio here, and we, we hung out for for the weekend, and yeah, yeah. we had a great time. Yeah, they definitely did. Uh, I think, honestly, I haven't I haven't experienced one of those hangovers like that since college. <laughs> oh, Tim, I don't know if I sent you the meme. Yeah, like uh, I ended up. This is I'm rarely that guy, but I ended up being the guy driving to McDonald's, and I'm sure you were happy to be eating McDonald's fresh off that flight. <laughs> yeah, we. Uh, that's right. I totally. That that's in the memory bank. Reckon two in the morning. Ah, oh, sit up to McDonald's. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I was driving Tim's. Uh, I was driving Tim's Mustang through San Antonio. I, f I felt cool as hell, and then we sat in the McDonald's line for like an hour and a half. And it was, so it was, it was. It was the slowest McDonald's I think I've ever experienced. Here or that, or I was really. I had the drunk munchies really bad. You, I, was really hungry. I think it was it was a combo of both, but you definitely had the <laughs> drunk munchies. Yeah. It was probably a ten minute wait, but it felt like an hour. That's funny. So uh, Tim, so um what are so what are I mean we kind of alluded to it earlier, we joked about it, but I mean when fighting whether whether it's uh uh, whether the league doesn't open up again, which I don't think will happen, or you know maybe it's three, four years from now, and, and you finally decide to hang hang up the uh, the gloves, um, what are your plans after post post fighting? Um, you know, post fighting plans as of right now is once fighting is done, I'm I'm gonna say salute the city and say see you later. It's been real, but I'm I'm heading back to the middle of nowhere. <laughs> Going um, back to the farm. Yeah, going back, going back to you know rural, rural, rural America, um, and uh, yeah, like nine-man football America. Yeah, I know. No, 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 when I get back, when I get back, I'm recruiting every boy in the, in the school. Yeah, they're, they're playing football again. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's something that's not talked about. Like, you know, every generation. You know, my like our our parents say something about our generation, the next generation, blah blah blah. But I do know a lot of talking to a lot of high school coaches is there's they have the bodies, but a lot of kids don't care anymore. I think they don't they they don't they'd rather go do something else than than to be work hard at something. I guess physically. Do you think it's it's hurting athletics in general or specifically 
football because I, I, I know football, youth football is decreasing in America right now. Yeah. I'm not sure about other sports though. I, as far as I know, basketball is thriving. It, it's thriving worldwide. Hockey, as far as I in Minnesota, hockey is not going to yeah. go away. <laughs> no, that, that'll, that'll always be there. Wrecking cake eaters. <laughs> <laughs> For us suburban people, yeah. But I think no, um, all sports in general, not just any, not football, wrestling, or basketball, like all of them are seeing, like the students as well, we notice a little bit with uh, enrollment. Obviously, we don't have a lot of kids, so you, you notice when your classes are getting yeah, accidentally five five less students in them every year. Uh, but, you know, kind of the percentage of the kids are going to, who go out for sports is less. So, so your numbers are still fine, but the percentage of them that are do, actually going out for sports is significantly less than what it used to be. I, I think all people, and specifically young people, have um, competitive inclinations and they want to compete. Do you think that maybe... <laughs> video games even though it's not fib, uh, physical it's supplementing uh sports in a lot of ways because you, you're getting to compete but you don't have to obviously make the same kind of sacrifices well there's a reason video games are uh everyone loves video games um it's self-gratifying it's like science has proven that that you 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 pl keep playing the next game next game next game because it gives you the feel good but, oh, but also running a, running in a touchdown, obviously he's got to release a shitload of endorsements. Yeah, you do. <laughs> but um, I think it's just, you're not, uh, how can I word this? Like coaches themselves aren't allowed to push kids how like I did. How mm. I got pushed by, I had a, I had a coach, a certain coach, when I was kind of a little skit in high school, who kind of made me man up. Like really didn't give me a break, kind of put me in my place. And really made he grew made me grow up quite a bit. Um, yeah. Now I think, and you know, even when I was in like elementary school, um, you know, maybe a little more older school, I guess, but just different in like how it's already different now. Is I still got when I was like in third or fourth grade, uh, the teacher when I was paying attention to rack my uh, knuckles with a ruler, or if I was being disruptive, I I'd, I'd go home and I talk, I tell my parents, I'm like, well. You know, so-and-so, Mrs. So-and-so did this, and they go, instead of yelling, bigger calling the school and yelling at her, they, they go, well, what did you do? And I just <laughs> yeah. like, uh, well, uh, they knew that I was being a little shit. <laughs> no, it's a, it's a good point, though, Tim. I mean, you just brought that up, too. I do, he's absolutely right. I think about that now, Jack, too. We, I think we even talked about this, I don't know, in the military, but in, I remember in high school specifically, my old coach would smack me in the face, 100%. Without a yeah. doubt, and I was a big dummy and being a fucking jerk off, and I deserved it every second yep. of whatever I did. He smacked me. I'm not gonna say which coach it was, but he absolutely did. But you know what? It wasn't like I'm gonna go tell somebody. It was like I'm being a jerk off. I gotta stop what I'm doing. Like, yep. that, and that absolutely, I can't imagine that happening today though. I think kids would be out and fucking get the fuck. Oh my god, look what he did! But I deserved it. I mean, I, I do remember, especially specific time. One time he really actually hurt me. Um, yeah, I, like, I, I deserved it every time. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I, we deserved it. Just like the same thing with the military. I don't know if it still goes on, but I was hit in basic training. I mean, they would gut shot me. At least the drill sergeants would always try. Yeah, it would be their move. I mean, I, I don't know if it happens anymore. Yeah, I, I, did, uh, I think when I went, maybe Jack, well, Jack was in the Marines, so I'm sure they still 
they still make you eat soap and stuff like that. Um, <laughs> well, they did go overboard a couple times. I would never say there was any blatant physical abuse. There's probably times where they broke the rules, but I never, I never, I don't, I was, ne I never saw anyone be struck or anything like that. And I don't think that gets the best out of people in a lot of ways. Um, obviously, having uh, strict regimen, strict rules and guidelines, uh, you know, and expectations is ideal as, as long as you follow through. I don't think, I don't think a 25 year old man striking an 18 year old is necessarily going to make him better in the long run. I kind of expected it though. That was, I mean, the movies maybe got me prepared for it. Like, it wasn't a surprise to me that, like, the guy gut shot it. You know what I mean? Like, like, cause, I mean, I grew up watching Full Metal Jacket. So my mind was going to be that. Yeah. And so I was, so I, I guess I wasn't, if I look back on it now, I'm more surprised that it didn't happen more. Like, it was only a couple occasions. And it wasn't just me, it was a couple. And it was one uh, drill sergeant that did it to everybody. So that yeah. was his thing. There's always that, the one. Yeah, uh, was, that took it a little. Who was the more intense of it? <laughs> yeah, um, and then, I mean, we had all kinds. Of, I had one drill sergeant. I remember if you guys, I don't know, Tim, if you had this too, but he was he he would fucking come hammered to work. That was great. Basic, I mean, basic training. He was a fucking mess. I, 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 I hear what I'm talking about. <laughs> I hear stories about dudes that went to like basic training or boot camp in maybe like the early 90s, mid 90s, late 80s or whatnot. And they talk about like, it was like the Vietnam era holdovers that trained them. And those guys were just a wreck. Like they were all <laughs> alcoholics. They were, you know, like they were all, they were probably like 45, but they looked 80. And like, Dude, I can only imagine. Yeah, thinking about like when I went through basics, it was usually drill sergeants. I just got back from like their second tour overseas. Like, you know, in the Iraqi right, freedom. Which, like imagine right, the which obviously warmer. Vietnam, man. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, in Vietnam, we, we tend to forget that that era, they had, we think that they lowered the standards in recent years because of the surge and whatnot, but like they <laughs> let anybody in during the <laughs> Vietnam era and they let them stay in afterwards if yeah. they wanted to stay in. Big and enough. that's, the military in the 80s, I hear, is the, was worse than it was during Vietnam because it's just like they never really recovered. Yeah, then, they, they, they had to re, they had to reinvent themselves, event, uh, essentially. I, I think Desert Storm, from what I understand historically, was the turning point culturally in the, in the United States military from that Vietnam mindset to, the, to where we're at now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, now we're, now we're very... Uh, very neat and uptight. <laughs> it's not, a, I mean, yes, you can say we're more professional now. It's not always a good thing in certain avenues. No. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it's good to have just natural grit that I think obviously maybe has been pushed out a little bit. But, you know, at the end of the day, the average specialist, Lance Corporal, the young person serving, they're, they're still just as tough as nails and gritty yeah. as they ever were. It's, it's the higher ups that are a little more polished now. Yeah. Well, there's a, there's a line that everyone's going to know. Specialists are going to special, no matter what. <laughs> you'll, never, you'll never be able to get rid of young people acting yep. sketchy. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Specialists are going to special. <laughs> so, so uh, you know, and, and well, when did you get out of the Army, by the way? Because um, it was fairly recently. You were already, you were still in the Minnesota National Guard when you were in the UFC. Yep, I got out in... 2016. So oh, wow. 
Tim, this is one of those. Yeah, you were already well into your UFC career. Yep, Tim, I you had, always I had. I three fights in the was in UFC. <laughs> and you always had these beautiful, big, epic. <laughs> your thing is every fight you managed to have some sort of epic facial hair. But even when you were in the army, you yeah, were freaking. I, 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 hit, I hit a lot. When I knew I had a fight coming up, I'd stab it in and I'd make sure I didn't run it any higher up. <laughs> Because you, like, would show up to these fights with, like, these Master Chief mustache. Yeah. like, it was definitely probably a half inch over regulation on each side. And, hey, so you, you were in the UFC and in the Minnesota National Guard at the same, same time. Did your um, – because I, I remember uh, when I was in the Marines, like, if you could – if you were good at grappling, like, they'd let you get away with anything. Like, did you gain immediate – clout within your chain of command um yes and no uh they they definitely let me i i'm not gonna lie i probably got away with i, I got a lot more leeway than a lot of other soldiers did probably mm -hmm. um i even uh probably one of the cooler things in my military career which is something so simple but uh uh let me see the brigadier general over the red bulls he like wrote me a he wrote me a card like personalized it because it was after my first UFC fight and he must have got word of it and he gave me his phone number. He's like, you have any problems? Make sure you give me a call. <laughs> so I like, a little, yeah, little red carpet treatment. Yeah. yeah like, I, I never used that ace in the hole, but it was nice to know I could if I ever needed to. <laughs> yeah. That's great. So, so you, you, you get out of the Army about halfway through your UFC career, and obviously we've already kind of gone over where you're at now. I mean, let's go into your last fight. Like you, once again, as per usual, you were the underdog by a lot. And, and this yeah. was some, uh, the, the, the man that you fought, the young man that you fought, like he was kind of, uh, you know, yep. one of the golden children. They, they, yep. they wanted to see him victorious. Yep, and all of, all of MMA, not even, not even Bellator. Like, uh, like if he was a free agent, USC would be doing everything in their power to get their hands on him. <laughs> yeah, they were, I mean, he, and obviously he was uh, uh, an excellent, excellent wrestler. And then, yep. and then, and, and obviously you come from a wrestling background, you have experience wrestling and you're an excellent wrestler in your own right, but you guys didn't wrestle. You guys stood no. up. <laughs> yep. <laughs> no, and, you know, to his credit, he's, he doesn't really wrestle. Granted, he hasn't really needed to wrestle because, He's been able to oh, stand with everybody, and I knew that. So I was like, all right, I'm not worried about his great wrestling because he never uses it in fights. So mm -hmm. yeah, I have all confidence in the hands, and uh, it's party time. <laughs> That's great. So, and, and we talked about this earlier, too. Like, uh, you know, when this is all over with, um, you know, you, you obviously want to get back to the country and everything. Um, people don't realize, like, in MMA, like, and it's like this generally in most athletics, but obviously major leagues have certain salary minimums. But, you know, people don't realize, um, you know, they only think of the, 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 the top, top names, the Conor McGregor's, the Ronda Rousey's, yeah. what have you. They don't realize, like, your average fighter is um, not making nearly as much money as a Conor McGregor. No, no, and even so, higher uh, tier fighters aren't necessarily making money that they can rest on for the rest of their lives. No, absolutely, absolutely not. Um, one thing I think that uh, should be 
it's just kind of it's kind of standard in MMA. You have your show money and you have your win money. So in your in probably ninety percent of cases, your win money is the same as your show. So you double up your money if you win, and you cut your money in half if you lose. Um, I think a lot of I think a lot of promoters will get a lot will get a lot more entertaining fights if they put more on the show and less on the win. Because a lot of fighters, like say me, I'm not the uh, my my fighting style's not the most exciting majority of the time. Um, and fighters that are kind of more grappling injured, they're we people fighters who are more lean towards grappling than striking would probably want to be a little more would be fine with being a little more exciting and opening up a little bit more if they knew that there wasn't a check for double amount if they just had to grind out a win. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like if so you, like, if, if you had more guaranteed money. Like, people would be out there throwing hands and be having fun. <laughs> you think people would, like, naturally be more inclined to put on a show? And still, obviously, like, it'd be entertaining for yeah, the fans. You still are, but once you get, like, people get in there, their cage, your mindset, like, especially when you get that third round, you know you want two rounds, you're going, I don't want to do nothing stupid. <laughs> yeah, right. And then, you, yeah, you yeah. hold back, and that's when the booze come. And Yeah. Yeah, which is unfair to the fighters, but in a lot of ways, the fans deserve a show because that's it's a it's a no, – it's, it, it's a – it's a it's a tough kind of road to find the right middle ground there. Yes, it obviously, is. And, and fighters want to put on fighters want to put on a good show naturally. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think I should say that goes without saying. Like you still go out there and fucking try to finish a fight, try to freaking get everything taken care of that you need to take care of, but it doesn't sometimes it it's, uh, it doesn't always line up how you how you put it in the, in your uh, in your mind. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of entertainment, I the one of the last UFC games I saw you on there as one of the characters. <laughs> yes, um, I am one of the worst. You were the you were the lowest rated character. Character in the game. Yes, I am. I'm glad I'm I'm glad you noticed that. <laughs> but bro, I set you on easy mode and I freaking beat some ass with you, bro. <laughs> well, I, pre- I appreciate that. Um, even on easy mode, I can't imagine it's that that easy to win with me on the game. Like I, I, I don't. Through, I went through all like the ratings they gave me, and they get, they put my striking above my wrestling. I'm like, what the heck? <laughs> 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 like I don't even. In what fight were they watching? Were they like, you know, his striking's definitely better than his wrestling. Yep. <laughs> they probably just watched the one fight of you just beating the goddamn Russian's face in. So. Yeah. No. Exactly. <laughs> But hey, I got—I I don't remember now that I think of it because you always had different facial hair. Did, they had you as mu- in a, with a mustache, right? Um, in the video game, they had me as uh, the horseshoe. Horseshoe, okay. Gotcha, yep, gotcha. The handlebar, yeah. Now I gotta go play. I gotta go buy this and play him now. Now I it, it was play, um, it was UFC two, from what I recall, UFC or it was either two? UFC two or UFC three. UFC three. UFC three. UFC three. All right. UFC three. That's happening tonight. For <laughs> being. <laughs> I'm looking that up right now. That's with McGregor on the front of it, right? Yeah. Yep, yep, it's got McGregor. Okay. Oh, uh, now I got to go do it. I got to go play Tim now and go win the championship, Jack. They were nice enough to give me abs, though. Yeah, and the best part is they, they, they put you in – you can do dynasty mode where you do an entire career, but I'd love to start out with a dude that's, like, already, like, 33 years old. Like, how far can <laughs> you take this? <laughs> yeah. No. He, 
Do you, hey, do you, at, at your age, because you're, you're, you're what, 35 years old, 34, 35? Yep, just turned 35. 35. So at, at your age, are you, be, are you beginning to be able to sympathize with dudes that, I mean, you got a guy like Tito Ortiz, he still fucking fights, man. Um, <laughs> I do. And I get yelled at. Uh, one of my main training partners is Roy Nelson. He, that's a guy that's been, oh, wow. he's put in some time. Yep. You operate um, out of Roy's gym in Vegas there. Well, yep, the Extreme Couture there, yep. Yeah. Um, so, like, uh, there's, yeah, we got a lot of heavyweights there. So that's kind of nice. Kind of a take your pick of how you want to get beat up that day. Yeah, well, the name, the name. Hold on, I got to listen. Sorry, Jack. All right, how, who's the, it doesn't matter now, but who, who, is he hit the hardest, Roy? I got it. I'm just curious. Who, who hit the hardest? Yeah, does Roy Nelson hit you the hardest? Um, yeah, he used to be the probably the uh, hardest hit until Francis Nagano started showing up at the gym. Oh shit! Yeah, no, that's okay. That's a definite. Uh... Yeah, um, and Francis, I mean, that's that's the only thing that gives you fucking super good confidence because when you're going with Francis, you're in a fight. Like he goes hard. <laughs> no kidding. Like when I'm so now, like when I'm going in a fight with someone, I'm like, I spar Francis Nagano every other day. This guy is not going to hit me as hard as Francis. <laughs> you know what's crazy, too, about that one thing, though? People forget that Roy Nelson is an outstanding jiu-jitsu practitioner. They don't... He, has, he's got a, he's, he has his black belt, and he's actually um, – his, his, his martial art that got him started in martial arts is Kung Fu. Oh, I know and that, he, really. You know, and he is, he is pretty well decorated in Kung Fu, like ranking-wise. Like, if he, uh, whoever – his like sensei or whatever they are, like um, he's, he got pretty high up, and he uh, definitely. Oh crap! Missed my turn. That's your fault. Um, he uh, uh, he throws some weird kicks and punches and shit, <laughs> and it's a, it's, a, it's these like kung fu things that it's always a surprise, and and he catches you off guard with them. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah, I know people know him. Everyone thinks like I guess he's an incredible striker. But I've watched him grapple in just grappling tournaments alone without striking. He, and people don't realize that as big as that body is, he can fuck somebody up and he actually can roll. He's very he agile. Has, it's incredible to watch something like that. And he's got down pressure. Like his down pressure that he's able to produce is ridiculous. Like once he gets your crucifix, you might as well just tap out. You're done. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he, he hurts. He's not going to get out of his crucifix. <laughs> I believe it. Just watching some of his fights this, from over the years, just his, his – just jujitsu rolling, like it's just amazing to watch him what he can what he can do, and even some of yep. his super fights he's done is just incredible. Like you can watch, you can Jack, you go watch him now, you'd be like, "There's no way the guy," because he looks like he's not in shape, right? I mean, we all know. What, what, yeah, that's, that's his whole yep. thing. He rubs the belly whenever, yep. after a victory. Yeah, that dude can roll with the best of them. It's amazing to see someone like that, and just how it kind of disproves the whole athletic body type thing. And, uh, that always that's why he won me over as a fan. <laughs> well, well, that's and, why. Yeah, that's why Dana Dana White like he when Roy fought with the UFC like Dana hated Roy. <laughs> like, right. You know, you know why Dana is that? would be like publicly because he's. I'll, I'll give you a direct quote. Uh, that that fat fucking <laughs> whatever piece of shit or something like that. Like Dana <laughs> really and he hated the fact that Roy kept winning. <laughs> yeah, he did. That was big news around the MMA circuit for a while. Like, if you followed Sure Dog and those blogs, like, they were yep. picking it up back then where he just 
had a disdain for him. But who? Did, but America loves a tubby guy. We always root for the tubby. Awesome. We like so Chris Farley's our yeah. He was entertaining too. He would knock. I mean, you saw he crushed people. Like it wasn't. Yeah. If you knew if they were going to stand, he was going to fucking stand. The other thing is he didn't get tired, which was the crazier thing. Like I mean, no, he he doesn't. He's still got yeah. a gas tank now. Like when we go, like he's got a he's got a grit to him. Like getting in the practice room, like where he's at his max, like exhaustion, and he, he stays there and he keeps performing there. It's kind of it's kind of nuts. I'm almost envious of it because when I get there, I. I gotta, I gotta tail it back a little bit to recover, and then get back there. <laughs> he right. he moved it. <laughs> yeah, he had that notorious gas tank, which was amazing. So, t- and Tim, you're, uh, you're training in Vegas now. So, uh, compared to in the past, you have access to not only a hell of a lot more people in your weight class to spar against, but you are obviously like just name dropping. We, we name dropped Roy and all sorts of people. Like you have some top tier dudes that are putting you through the ringer. Oh yeah, uh, and it's a revolving door. It's nonstop. It's a uh, um, extreme couture. There is a. Uh, it's kind of a. It's a traveler's gym because so many people come to Vegas, and you never know who's going to be in, who, who who's going to be in there to train that day, and it's awesome yeah. because you're training with the same people over and over. You kind of get the same. Same look, same feeling. Everyone kind of knows what to expect from everybody. So it's always nice to throw a curveball in there to keep yourself honest. That, that's, that's amazing. And I, that doesn't happen in a lot of other sports where obviously you're practicing against diversity. You're typically practicing against your teammates. And then every once in a while, they'll do an exhibition game or something like that. Where uh, with MMA, obviously, you're you're always changing up your practice competition, I guess you could say. Yeah, and you're always, and depending on the fight that's coming up, you're always changing the way what you're working on. Like, it's mm-hmm. not a, uh, I mean, I suppose in other sports, you know, like basketball, you suck at free throws, you're going to go shoot free throws a lot, or, or you know, other sports, it's kind of the same, same for different, different reasons, but you're always, depending on who you're fighting, you're always going to, you're going to practice a little different. Yeah. Well, Tim, that's very interesting. Scott, do you have anything else? No, it's good. I I actually learned a lot about Tim tonight, especially the football thing. I think it's still kind of rattling around my head right now. That's that's the whole (laughs) star came out of that, especially from where you were. You got a good point, Tim. I mean, where you you started to where you are now is amazing. From football (laughs) to the freaking Army to Iraq to the UFC, and now he's doing a live – farm simulator <laughs> it's, an, it's an amazing turn of events <laughs> well actually uh my phone when my phone uh, turned off there i was getting on to we talked about my football coach or what got me turned to wrestling because i wasn't going to wrestle in college um the d uh the d-line coach was the head wrestling coach at the Stuco, and after football season got done with he uh kind of came at me and was like hey you know why don't you give wrestling another shot come on in you don't have to compete just come in and roll around and because he he knew unannounced to me he already knew and once i got in there i'd get the itch again so he <laughs> actually me a little bit and got me wrestling <laughs> that's crazy what a good nose for the talent too that's a good coach yeah. i i was i heard a read or heard some sort of statistic years ago that uh people who grew up wrestling not necessarily even at the collegiate level or beyond but people who like wrestled as kids as, as teenagers 
there's a disproportionate amount of um, financial success and professional success with people from those backgrounds because that specific sport at a young age, you know, playing football and everything, kids don't really have to sacrifice diet or anything like that. But at a young age, um, people who wrestle are having to make, learn about sacrifice at a very, very young age and delay gratification and things like that. Yes. Um, there's, and that's what I'm saying. Like wrestling, like wrestling grows people up. It, it's, uh, yeah. personal, like it, it's, yeah, not motivation, but I mean, you're, if you don't make weight, it's no one else's fault but yourself. Right. Like, it gives you that, that accountability. Kind of, it, yeah, accountability. Thank, thank you. I'm, I'm driving through town right now, so I'm trying to concentrate. <laughs> I didn't wrestle, but I was an English nerd, so. Yeah, no, that, that you were. <laughs> you know, we need those too. Uh, <laughs> but um, I know for a fact, I've been hired, um, I've been hired for jobs uh, in earlier in my life when I put on my resume that I was, you know, wrestling in college. I've been told that they hired me just because I was a wrestler. Really? Yeah. Um, just because I know that, yeah. that I have, I got, I know how to work and, you know, personal accountability is there. That's, that's very interesting. Uh, per my English understanding, that's very interesting. <laughs> Tim, I'm seeing it is the sun is going down on your end and we are hitting our natural uh, stopping point regardless. Dude, thank you not only for coming on the show and chatting us up. Uh, thank you for making it the most exciting background we've had thus far. <laughs> you, 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 no problem, you can't get man. that on Zoom. You cannot do that on Zoom. That's all I'm going to say. This is my favorite yeah. one. <laughs> well, yeah, I, appreciate, uh, I appreciate you guys having me on. And honestly, I didn't know I was going to be working this late tonight because I didn't know we were going to be uh, going this hard yet. I thought I was going to have an early day, but... Um, looks like I got my first 16 hour day in. Dude, we, we appreciate you making the time. This again, this, this has been unique. Like this has been a fun way to do it. Yep. Absolutely. All right, Tim. Well, it was good All seeing right. you. And, uh, yeah, again, thanks again.